Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Breaking news tonight, death toll triples. Staggering numbers across America tonight. In one week alone, the number of deaths from coronavirus has more than tripled. New York suffers its deadliest day. But there are signs of hope. Is the Empire State beginning to flatten the curve? Spiking in the South. New cases explode in Louisiana. Texas tries roadblocks to stop the spread. We'll look at why the South is seeing such a dramatic uptick in cases and the most common underlying condition in coronavirus deaths. Desperate for benefits, hundreds risk exposure to coronavirus to file for unemployment. I'm scared for my life just for an application. Navy shakeup. The acting Navy secretary resigns after blasting the captain, who warned sailors do not need to die from coronavirus. Voting in a pandemic. Wisconsin voters in masks and gloves waited for hours to cast their ballots today. What this could mean for the general election. Bridge to a vaccine? Could antibody drugs buy us time while we wait for a long-term solution? And a truly uplifting story. You'll have to see it to believe it. The outbreak couldn't stop best friends from celebrating a birthday. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news tonight, and it is dire. The U.S. has again set a record for deaths in the U.S. in a single day of this pandemic. More than 1,700 Americans have succumbed to coronavirus since we came on the air just last night. The death toll nationwide has more than tripled in seven days to more than 12,000. And confirmed cases here in the U.S. are now approaching 
400,000, although New York says it is starting to see the curve flatten there. There is also breaking news here in Washington. Today, the president fired the inspector general appointed to oversee that $2 trillion relief bill. The watchdog gone just as the White House asked Congress for another $250 billion for small businesses. And as we come on the air tonight, we are learning the acting secretary of the Navy has resigned. His departure comes after an uproar over his insulting the captain of the USS Theodore Roosevelt, who had sounded the alarm about the coronavirus. There is a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. We begin again tonight with Mola Lange, who leads us off in New York City. Mola. Well, Nora, as you mentioned, there are both hopeful and troublesome signs, especially here in New York City. And these field hospitals, like the medical ship Comfort here, are playing a critical role in the response. There are currently three field hospitals throughout the city, with at least three more on the way. And while it wasn't in the initial plan, they are all now treating coronavirus patients. A grim day in New York as it woke up to its single deadliest day so far. The battle rages on to protect those living with the virus. The U.S. Navy ship Comfort, now approved to treat 500 COVID-19 patients, is a lifeline for overwhelmed hospitals. Last night, a crew member tested positive and is now in isolation. There's no impact to our operations and uh, no impact clearly to the patients. In fact, it was a crew member not related to the medical treatment, but actually one of the ship's crew, uh, but no impact to operations. New York hospitals are trying to hold on. When I left my house today, I sort of had mixed feelings. Um, on one hand, um, I left my kids at home so that I could go and fight this war along with my colleagues. Mount Sinai critical care physician Sanam Ahmed shared an inside look during her 12-hour yeah. shift. We're, um, you know, taking care of critically ill patients, but uh, it's a bunch of teamwork and we're having a pretty decent night considering how busy it's been. Governor Cuomo said the rate of hospitalizations is continuing to slow, projecting that New York may be leveling off. Still. He couldn't ignore the magnitude of the death toll today. Behind every one of those numbers is an individual, is a family, is a mother, is a father, is a sister, is a brother. Today, New Jersey also hit a one-day high, at least 232 new deaths. A dozen indoor courts at the U.S. Open Tennis Center in Queens will soon serve double duty as a 350-bed field hospital. New projections show four states are now expected to hit their peaks earlier than expected. The elderly are being hit especially hard. A Pennsylvania nursing home is now operating under the presumption that all of its 800 patients and staff members are positive. At the state-run Holyoke Soldiers Home in Massachusetts, 18 military heroes tested positive for the virus and died. Some of the veterans had passed away without their loved ones even knowing for a couple days that they had passed. It was a solemn scene at Arlington National Cemetery as soldiers wearing masks conducted a funeral service that was live streamed for family members unable to attend. Of course, people with underlying conditions are the most vulnerable to coronavirus, especially those with hypertension. That appears to be the most common one seen in deaths. Now, as we noted, new cases do appear to be leveling off here in the city, but it's still unclear too early to tell whether that is a temporary or a lasting trend, Nora. All right, Mola, thank you. I feel like we're seeing things every night we've never seen before. 
Tonight, the coronavirus is exploding across the South. In a dozen southern states, there have been nearly 65,000 confirmed cases and more than 1,700 deaths. The death rate from the virus in Louisiana is the second highest in the U.S. Janet Chamlin reports tonight from the Texas-Louisiana border. To say that I'm both um, overcome by sadness by, about this and um, incredibly furious is an understatement. Coronavirus is spreading quickly across Louisiana, the death toll doubling there in just a week. Governor John Bell Edwards today reported 70 new deaths and says they're still bracing for the worst. Uh, this is truly a statewide uh, public health emergency. In Louisiana, an alarming disparity. More than 70% of the coronavirus deaths are African Americans, who are just 32% of the population. If you have a disease that is going to kill more people with hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, and you have a health disparity like this, it's not shocking. Louisiana has one of the highest rates of people with pre-existing conditions. As coronavirus rages through the South, it's hitting a vulnerable population especially hard. The poor with little access to health care and blue-collar workers who don't have the option to work from home. Beyond Louisiana, cases are spiking across the South, including in Florida, where hundreds not practicing social distancing lined up for unemployment forms, unable to file online. The virus changing our very way of life. Louisiana's transportation secretary, who recently recovered. Our culture is so uh, unique and so special. We like to be very close. We believe in hugging and handshaking and, and embracing each other. And you can't do that in this day and age. And one of the latest efforts to stop the spread is here at the Texas-Louisiana state line. Cars are being diverted off of busy Interstate 10. They line up here, and once they reach the front, state troopers from Texas are asking them where they plan to quarantine for the next 14 days. Unless they have an exemption for business or emergency services, that is the mandate of the Texas governor. Nora? Never seen those traffic stops before. Jana, thank you. Now to a story we've been following since day one, the situation aboard the USS Theodore Roosevelt. The acting secretary of the Navy resigned amid controversy, and tonight the president is weighing in. This comes as the Pentagon says 230 sailors from that ship have tested positive for coronavirus, with results from roughly half the crew still pending. Weijia Zhang is at the White House tonight. Weijia? Nora, Thomas Modley was just five months into the job when the coronavirus found its way onto the Roosevelt. President Trump supported his decision to fire the captain over the handling of the virus. And tonight said even though Modley's profane rant about it was a mistake, he didn't have to resign. Thomas Modley's full-throated apology for making alarming remarks about USS Roosevelt Captain Brett Crozier was not enough to save his job. Modley was heckled by the ship's crew as he told them he fired the popular Crozier for writing a letter about the coronavirus spreading on board. He was A, too naive or too stupid to be the commanding officer of a ship like this. What the CBS News has learned President Trump's trade advisor, Peter Navarro, circulated dire memos within the White House in late January and February, warning a full-blown pandemic could claim up to 2 million American lives. At the time, the president was downplaying the virus, but today insisted he took it seriously. It was a recommendation. It was a feeling that he had. Um, I think he told certain people in the staff, but it didn't matter. I didn't see it. But I did, I closed it down. 
The president shook up his communications team today, replacing press secretary Stephanie Grisham with campaign spokeswoman Kaylee McEnany, who plans to set up a rapid response team to better defend the president. Meanwhile, Mr. Trump is personally lashing out at the independent watchdogs in the administration, today removing a veteran inspector general who was tapped to oversee the $2 trillion economic package. It's just wrong. Did I hear the word inspector general? Really? Uh, it's wrong. And President Trump tore into the HHS inspector general whose office found U.S. hospitals are sorely lacking supplies and staff, calling the report another fake dossier. President Trump has said he will be the oversight for that massive financial aid package and today asked Congress to commit to another $250 billion to help out small businesses. But Democrats are demanding to pass a fourth economic relief bill on top of that. Nora. Weijia, thank you. Tonight we continue to focus on the science of coronavirus. With no proven treatment or vaccine, the scientific community has turned to a promising near-term solution, use of antibody drugs. There are several companies that are developing this kind of approach. Regeneron is one of them. Joining us now is the biotech company's president and chief scientific officer, Dr. George Yankopoulos. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. Explain how an antibody drug works. There are natural signals in the body that drive beneficial immune and inflammatory responses. Um, the problem is oftentimes these immune and inflammatory responses can become excessive and they can create more damage than good. And the hope is by using this antibody that specifically blocks this one inflammatory pathway, it can actually benefit the inflammation that's seen in lungs that's causing people to have the difficulties breathing and eventually succumbing uh, to this tragic disease. Kevzara, which treats rheumatoid arthritis, how could it help with COVID-19? Some clever scientists in China decided to try it, and they reported that, yes, it looked like it might be benefiting the inflammation that you get in the lungs in this disease, um, and patients might be getting better. Those studies were uncontrolled anecdotal studies. We initiated a controlled study to see whether or not this really can make a difference for patients. Let's turn now to the other coronavirus program and drug that you are working on, this cocktail. How would that work? When you give a vaccine, you are given uh, something that is, induces what is known as an immune response. Unfortunately, it takes time to perfect the way to get the body to do it itself. Uh, luckily, we and others have technologies that allow us to make these exact same antibodies outside of the body and then purify them and give them back to people. And it's as if these people have been vaccinated. When could this therapeutic drug be available? Well, the first potential treatment, we should be able to know as a scientific community within the next few weeks to a month or two, whether they are really working in a controlled fashion. And what about the antibody cocktail that could be a pre-vaccine? By June, we could be testing it. And once again, within a month or two, we might know, uh, at least for certain patients, if it's safe and effective. So by the end of the summer, we could be treating hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. Well, Dr. George Ancopoulos, thank you very much. And with all that is happening around the world, you'd be forgiven if you've forgotten that 2020 is an election year and that there's still not a winner in the Democratic nomination for president. And although we saw democracy in action today in the Wisconsin primary, 
unelected voters face a choice between civic duty and their health. Ed O'Keefe has that story tonight. It was a lesson in voting amid a virus. Long lines and two and a half hour waits in some places, voters and poll workers wearing masks and protective gear with plexiglass between them. I don't think uh, people should be voting today. People died. So many poll workers refused to work that about 2,500 members of the National Guard deployed to staff polling sites. Just five of Milwaukee's 180 voting locations were open. I have to come down here today and risk my life. 11 other states and Puerto Rico have already rescheduled their primaries and the fight in Wisconsin is likely to be repeated in other swing states. Democrats want states to expand early absentee and mail-in voting. Have all the experts, both political parties and academia, laying out what it would take to have voting by mail. I'd much prefer to have on, you know, in-person voting. But most Republicans, including President Trump, don't like the idea. No, it shouldn't be mailed in. You should vote at the booth and you should have voter ID. Final results won't be announced until Monday to allow those absentee ballots to trickle in. Biden is expected to win the primary by a wide margin, likely intensifying the calls for Senator Bernie Sanders to drop out of the presidential race. But so far, he hasn't announced that he plans to do so. Nora. All right, Ed, thank you. And tonight, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is spending a second night in intensive care. British officials say he is in stable condition and good spirits. Johnson is battling coronavirus and is getting what's described as supplemental oxygen, but his spokesman says he is breathing without the use of a ventilator. Tonight, an encouraging sign in Wuhan, China, the city where the coronavirus outbreak began. The lockdown there is being lifted after nearly three months as new cases have dwindled. Today, SWAT teams and workers in hazmat suits patrolled train stations. They're expecting a flood of travelers Wednesday when people are finally allowed to leave town. Now we want to share a story that's sure to lift all of our spirits. The pandemic forced Lucy Cavazos to get creative and bring in heavy equipment to celebrate the birthday of a dear friend. Margaret Jones turned 91 today. And Lucy and Margie have been friends for about 25 years, and it took a 25-foot construction lift to bring them together today. Lucy and her daughter were hoisted to the window of Margie's room at an assisted living home in Redondo Beach, California. They had balloons and cake and maintained social distancing through the window. I'm so grateful and happy to be here and at least to have been able to see her on her day. She, you know, said I love you. She was happy to hear that we sang for her happy birthday. So she looks great. Other families are now using the lift to visit their loved ones. So happy birthday, Margie, and way to rise to the occasion, Lucy. Theaters have gone dark as the world battles the pandemic, and yet the curtain still goes up every night for those who follow the words of Shakespeare, all the world's a stage. Here's Dean Reynolds. The other night, I went to Chicago's Theater Wit. Hey, welcome remote viewer from your home. Well, I didn't exactly go there. There you go. That's the artistic director, Jeremy Wexler, taking me on a virtual trip to the stage where weeks ago the performance, a modern adaptation of Richard III, was taped in front of a live audience. It's about that passage about how not to be hated. It's easy, dick, talk less, shower more. It was just before social distancing meant about 200 theaters in the city were forced to close, but Wexler had an idea. 
We just couldn't bear the idea that none of this work was going to be seen. I'm very busy preparing my body for what will obviously become my professional career. So they moved the tape performance online for the rest of its run extended now until May 3rd. I watched the play from my $28 seat at home. I thought it was the coolest thing. Chris Jones, the Chicago Tribune's theater critic, said the artists and stagehands will still get paid. Frankly, we're all going to need them when we come out of this. After the show, several attendees, miles from each other, gathered to offer their takes on what they'd just seen. Anybody want to talk about that? I thought it was really interesting to see the audience. The staging and where the camera angles were worked really well. And people want something positive. They want to be able to talk to a community beyond just the people they're stuck at home with. Especially in times like these, the show must go on. Dean Reynolds, CBS News, Chicago. Bravo. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, how's this for a class act? Teachers on parade and staying connected with their students during the long showdown. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Stay safe. And remember, we are all in this together. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand-new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.